Hey, it's good to see you today. Take your Bible with me, if you would, please. And for just a moment, Psalms 100, Psalms 100 today in your Bible. It's so good to be here. I know now why they didn't ask me to sing in that special they just sang. I couldn't have done that. I couldn't have done that. Please, I guess you have to be old and dignified to do that uh, and pretty. Uh, You notice I put that in there too, right? Hey, how many of you are glad that you're saved? You know what I'm glad of today? If you're not saved, you can be. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, I'm having a little bit of trouble. My wife said this morning when I left, said, honey, and something's up when she calls me honey. She had, usually used other adjectives to describe me when I leave to go to church. And she said, honey, folks are having a terrible time getting used to you having no glasses. I said, not near as tough a time as I am. See, I can see out there. And I can see right here. I just can't see right here. So I've got glasses here that is designed to make me see out there and here. But now my eyes are messed up and I don't need them out there. I need them here. So get them here, I've got to readjust my glasses. Now this has got to make me look older. and more educated, wise, dignified, shut up, suaved and polished, right? That's what this church is all about, suave and polished. When I started the church, I've told you this a dozen times or more, 28, 29 years ago when my wife and I started the church. It grew at such a rapid rate, it was just overwhelming to us. We didn't know what we were doing. I just started preaching, folks started coming, and uh, we'd knock out some walls, and I'd keep preaching, folk kept coming. I was scared to death they was gonna quit coming. I wouldn't know what to do to get them started again. And it grew at quite a rapid rate for a while, and oh, by the way, We had 105 visitors last Sunday morning. 105 visitors. I think think that's a tremendous deal that we had 105 visitors. Uh, One of our guests today asked us what we was going to do with those buses out there. I should have told him we're going to go to the Cowboys game right after service. (laughs) We're not. (laughs) And, uh, but... uh, I'm glad that we can run buses to every adjoining city to Joshua and one in Joshua and bring boys and girls, men and women, to our services that, that normally would not come. So years ago when I started church, started growing so fast, some of my preacher brethren got, I wouldn't say that Baptists get jealous or anything, but they were kind of questioning. And somebody came and told me that one of them told him that all Wolfenbarger's got down there is a bunch of rednecks and coon hunters. <laughs> so, 
I'm glad we've got above that. Now we got rednecks, coon hunters, and uh, whatever you are. <laughs> Let me read you something. Psalms 100. Getting ready for Thanksgiving. Used to, that was a big deal. See, that's before we had television. And we had a radio, we sure did, and had a wire running out to a great big tall pole in the yard. And I'm not sure, we probably were the first folks in town that had a radio. Because all the boys in town would come out and listen to the Lone Ranger, Sergeant Preston of the Mounties, Inner Sanctum. Now y'all gonna be real old to understand that. Right? How many remember the squeaking doors that open? Betty, don't raise your hand and you tell them how old you are. <laughs> Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why in the world should we do all of that? Why in the world should we look at the first verse, be joyful? In a world, it seems like it's going to hell in the handbasket. In a world where we're fighting disease and dilemmas and terrorists and every unimaginable thing in the world, why in the world should we have it in our heart and find deep in our soul the little gift of joy? Look at your face. If you could freeze your face like it is now, your kids would never want to kiss you again. We're in church. God is good. Jesus has already died. He's paid his price. We are Americans. We are free. Gas is going down. But it'll go back up real soon. If your wife is still speaking to you, you ought to be joyful. What happened to our joy? What have we got to be happy about? Look what he says. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. Yesterday about 9 o'clock, several people met in, our room, in a room here. Brother Jim talked to them a little while and sent them out, and they visited little boys and girls, moms and dads, almost all day long just to try to get their bus full of little boys and girls that normally would not be able to go to church. 
not experience the love of God, not experience the love of God's people. Well, what in the world would make those folks come and work all day long? Now, after we go home today, our buses will have to leave, and they'll spend all afternoon taking kids back home. And they'll get back here about 4 o'clock this afternoon, and then we'll have choir practice at 5 o'clock. Well, you going to wear folks out? No, not if they're doing it for the right reason. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. That's the reason some folk do it and some folk don't. That's the reason when some folk get saved, they get on fire. And some folk get saved and they get mad. Serve the Lord with what? Let me ask you, how long has it been since you've been glad? <laughs> you said I didn't come to church for that. Yeah, you did. You just didn't know it. How long has it been since you've been glad? From the looks of your face, it's been a while. Now, we don't want to get excited in church. We'll save that for the cowgirls after a while. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with, what's your Bible say? Sing it. All of those seem to present to me the thought of being happy. Joyful, gladness, singing, thanksgiving, praise. We got to warm up to that because we, we just ain't normal that way. Come on now, can you say amen? How I many you got kids? Hard to be glad sometimes, isn't it? It's good to have grandkids. You can send them home when you get tired of them. Just give them out. Tell them how glad you were that you got to babysit for a while. Lie about it if you have to. I think preparation is the utmost importance for spiritual events, especially Christmas and Thanksgiving. I, I, I like to reminisce about Thanksgiving. I think a lot of tradition is not bad. Some tradition is good. And I, I tell you, just preparing for Christmas and for Thanksgiving is exciting to me. I sit back and watch everybody do it and just enjoy watching everybody do it. Running here and there, buying presents just to prove one day a year that you love somebody. Ah, going into debt. Yes, bless your heart. Getting mad if you don't get what you want for Christmas, right? Some of those Christmas gifts you get, you've got to be really saved to enjoy them. I'm saving some of them to give back to my kids when they get older. <laughs> Can you say amen? But preparation. I love preparation. I, I, like, I, I love Thanksgiving. I, really, I think you need to prepare for Thanksgiving. You know, if you're not careful, you watch the news too much, you'll just lose all the joy of God's salvation. If you watch what's going on in the world, it's real easy to get critical and, and, and sarcastic. I think, ladies and gentlemen, if we could today, let's you and I just get ready for Thanksgiving. Let's, let's prepare to do it. Notice the Bible says in, in verse number 4 that the, the Bible says very plainly, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Does it go kind of like this? 
Oh, no, it's Sunday again. Well, let's just go to church and miss Sunday school. Don't that sound like you're glad you're saved? Doesn't that sound like you're glad that you live in America? Doesn't that sound like, hey, let's just see if we can make it through another Sunday. What a shame. We need a readjustment, bless your heart, and I believe with all my heart. You know, I like Thanksgiving because it does not commemorate a battle, a birthday, or an anniversary. Do you know that Mexico does not have a Thanksgiving Day. Neither does Russia, Iran, Syria. But you know, I thank God for people who do, like the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, and the Americans. If anybody ought to have a day, if mom and dad ought to teach their children one thing, it ought to be how to be thankful. How to be thankful. Notice the word joyful. The word gladness. I don't know about you, but I can get a lot of joy from looking at my kids. I really can knowing what kind of parent they had and how they turned out so good, it's just got to be a miracle. You know, I, I could tell you stories about my kids that uh, if I told you the stories about my kids, you'd think that there's something wrong with their DNA, really. But I, I'm just, I, I get a lot of joy out of my kids. What is it that brings you joy? Now you think about it, if you would please. What is it that brings you joy? The Bible says, come before his presence with thanksgiving. Be joyful unto him. Notice it talks about praise. How do you praise? What do you praise? Do you have anything to praise him for? What's wrong just praising God for who he is? Not for what you have but for what he is and who he is. I want to just talk to you a minute about the basis of thanksgiving, and then I want to talk to you about some words that's really important. You say, now, preacher, I'd rather hear about the wild man, and I'd rather hear about uh, the, uh, the on Heights. I'd, I'd like for you to spend a little time in the West Bank and tell me what's going on over there. No, let me tell you something. The God we're going to honor today and praise and exalt, he's got all that under control. Now, I'm not worried about the Muslim, not worried about terrorism, not worried about Baptist, not worried about Presbyterian. I'm just praising God today because of who he is. Notice what God says in Psalms 100. Psalms is telling his people. Psalms 100, God is saying to his people out loud, please, don't forget me. When I take you to a land and you enjoy houses and vineyards and blessings that you did not build, don't forgive me. Don't forget me. 
When you have meat and bread and food at the table, every time you meet, please don't forget me. Whenever you get prosperous and it seems like you've done all you've done by yourself, don't you forget me. That's what Psalm 100 is all about. Don't you forget, number one, that God is good. That's the last verse. Don't you forget that God's mercy endureth forever. Aren't you glad God is merciful? Because where some of you guys hung out a few years ago, were not for the grace of God, you'd be dead meat. Not me. I've been righteous all my life. It just occasionally I've got to shine my halo up. It gets a little corroded. Aren't you glad that God... Why should we enter His courts with praise? Why should we be thankful unto Him? Why should we be glad? Why should we rejoice? Why should we sing last verse? Because God is good. Now you write that down. God is good. Have you ever heard any nearsighted nincompoot say, God's been good to me lately? No, just lately, God come up to your standard what good was. God's always been good. Aren't you glad of that? God has always been good. You know why you ought to praise Him? Because He is a merciful God. Now, if I was God, some of you wouldn't last till tonight. Be honest, same way with you. You've got some folks that's not so happy with you, and you're not so happy with them. But thank God, He is good, and His mercy endureth how long? How long? I just wish my wife was like that. Every once in a while, her mercy gets kind of short. Not mine, though. I just keep acting like a Christian all the time. You know, Christians fight. You know that. I'm just, why should I praise God? Why should I be happy? Why should I sing? Why should I enter His court with praise? Why should I serve Him with gladness? Because God is good. And His mercy endureth forever. I like that, don't you? And His truth. Look at this now. Last verse. And His truth. Endure to all generations. Isn't that wonderful? In other words, if you had to trust Jesus to be saved in Matthew, you have to trust Jesus to be saved in 2014. You Baptists got a way, I got a way. No, we Baptists ain't got no way. Jesus has a way, and he is the way, and the truth. Aren't you glad of that? The Bible said, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten Son, full of grace and truth. You cannot separate grace and truth. You cannot separate truth and cover it up with love, full of grace and truth. Aren't you glad of that? Now notice, if you would, please. I, I need to hurry because... Uh, I think the Cowboys is playing tonight sometime or yesterday or sometime. Oh, I didn't know you folks even worried about that. Why aren't people thankful today? Now you think about this just a minute. Uh, you say, preacher, you don't know what you're talking about. Why aren't people thankful today? Imagine 
with what we have and what God has done, why should we gripe about anything? Why should we complain? Somebody said, preacher, how do you feel? I hurt all over. Thank God. That means I still got feeling in it. Somebody said, how's your mind going? I said, it's great. I'm so old, I forget how good it used to be. You listening to me? Well, I don't like to be around a sarcastic, down-the-mouth individual. Folks who feel bad when they feel good for feel they feel worse when they feel better. I, I, just, I just don't understand it. Can you think of something? A fellow walking down the street one day, he saw a real good friend that he had years ago. And he noticed his friend was down in the mulley groups. And he just said, man, what's going on? He said, why are you so down in the mouth? He said, did you know that a month ago, my uncle died and left me $500,000? He said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, my aunt died and left me $100,000. And last week, my father died and left me a million dollars. You know, this week, I ain't got a thing. <laughs> nobody died. Nobody left me anything. That mindset has so permeated society today. That entitlement mindset. Everybody owes me something. I'm here. Feed me. Shower me with blessings. Just do it. And if I don't get it, I am going to be down in the mouth. It kind of reminds me of that fellow over there in the book of Luke chapter 18 and verse 9 through 12. And the Bible said that a Pharisee went to the temple to pray. A publican went to, the, to pray. The Pharisee raised his hand and said, Lord, I thank thee that I'm not like him. I thank thee for what I got. I thank thee for what I am. I thank thee for who I am. This psalm is not about you or junk. It's about God. And we better come back to a place where we get our eyes off each other and get them back on I didn't watch all the television series called Roots. But Alex Haley was the author of that, that series. Had a very unusual picture hanging in his study. It was a post something like this with a turtle sitting on top of the post. And somebody asked Mr. Haley, why in the world would you have that picture in your study, such an intelligent, brilliant, accomplished man, why would you have a turtle sitting on top of a pose? He said, because when I start thinking I'm really something, I look at that picture and realize that turtle didn't get up there by himself. You didn't get there by yourself. You didn't get here by yourself. Until we get back to the realization that it's not about us. It's about the God 
the creator God, the good God, the merciful God, the truthful God. That's when we can really get down to being thankful. When I see what God has done in this place in 28 years, when I graduated in school, I couldn't even spell valedictorian. Now, that wasn't high school. <laughs> that was college. I doubt if I could spell it today. But my daddy gave me a real good, real good advice. He said one day, my dad had an eighth grade education, parted his hair in the middle, had sideburns down here before Elvis was ever a gleam in his daddy's eye. And my eighth grade daddy said, Son, you don't need brains if you can buy them. Don't ever hire anybody dumber than you are. Don't ever be afraid of what people can do with you or for you. Ain't God good? The blessings of being able to give thanks. God commends us thanksgiving. He said, praise the Lord and give thanks unto him. A fellow by the name of Kipling was a great, great author. And one day a a senior author or a companion author came to him and said, Mr. Kipling, I have heard it said that if all the words you had written, that the words that you have written, the word would be worth as much as $5 a word. Mr. Kipling said, well, I don't know about that. And so the sarcastic man reached his pocket and pulled out a $100 bill. And he said, Mr. Kipling, I'd like to have one of your $100 words and hand him the $100. <laughs> Mr. Kipling looked at the money, folded it real nicely, and put it in his pocket and said, thanks. <laughs> That's a $100 word. That might be even worth more than $100. That very word might change your attitude and outlook on life. That word might change your attitude towards your children, your employers, your employees, and everybody around you. Just the word, thanks. Let me, if you would please, for the next five minutes give you some of God's $100 words. Verse 1. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I think one of God's $100 words, if you really want to be happy and you really want to show yourself, the word shout. <laughs> How long has it been since you've seen anybody shout? 
said this morning, right before we left the house, my wife was shouting at me. I remember as a little old toe-headed kid, pimple-faced, kinky-haired, going to church in them old country churches in Tennessee, son, we'd have given a thousand dollars for one of them to sleep on. Ours is a little curvature. Old pews, bless God, they were miserable as you can imagine. And that the preachers in those days did not have a clock. They were so dumb they couldn't even tell time. They would go to a meeting, take their jackets off, throw it a mile and a half, eat a chicken and a half, and preach an hour and a half. And I'd be asleep in them pews. Some dear sister get happy. heads would pop up all of that thing like kids were building a toaster. <laughs> so we don't shout, bless God, we save that for the ball game. So we don't get excited down at God's house. We don't dare make any noise. We sit there, bless God, and just grieve the Holy Spirit. We are not going to be moved. I think a $100 word at the church house get happy again. Hmm? Now my son David's here and he's up the balcony. Mrs. Sharp is here. When we started our church, we started in our front yard. My wife is so forgetful. She don't even know what day we started on. But then we went to the Easy Mart down there and we rented those buildings. and We rented one building that had I think 5,000 square feet. It didn't take long that thing plumb full. One day I was preaching. My son David was sitting on the second to the last row. And I was preaching about walking on the water, I suppose. I don't know. But the water couldn't drown him and the lions couldn't eat him. And valleys couldn't fold him. Guy got happy right behind David and stood up right in the middle of the service. Now, I've got to warn you, we're on television. And this guy stood straight up and went, and just sat down. <laughs> I didn't say nothing. After the service, I, asked, I said, David, what happened when Old Jeff stood up and shouted in church. He said, Daddy, the skin run plumb off the end of my toes. <laughs> How long has it been since you had fun going to church? It's a dying shame. It's more exciting to go to a coliseum in a football stadium set in the weather colder than you can imagine. Snot run halfway to your belly button and freezes hanging on and you just <laughs> you come to church and you look like dead lice has fallen off of us. We're having fun. I got a minute. Can I give you another word? Look at verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. 
I cannot imagine in my wildest imagination that in the sovereign and wisdom and the foreknowledge of Almighty God that he'd nurture and raise and protect and look over the little pimple-faced farm boy back yonder in the hollers in Tennessee till one day he knelt in an old-fashioned altar and said, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. That's been nigh 50 years ago when I knelt and asked God, I'll do anything you want me to do. And I want you to know I'd rather do what I'm doing right now than being the president of Russia. I got you. I got you. You're the answer. Yeah. Uh -huh. Someone's going to go home and say, preacher's a communist. <laughs> i got to look dignified now. I'm about to close. Serve the Lord with gladness. Yesterday, I spent the entire day visiting folks, and I went, made my way over to To one of the hospitals, and I went in to see one of our dear ladies, Mrs. Tony. When I walked in the in, in, in the room, there was three of our ladies there. Nobody knew they was out visiting. Nobody knew that they were just serving the Lord. And you know what? They've been doing that now now on 50 years because they've been under my ministry many of that long. What in the world were they doing that? Didn't they know the ball games was on? Well, don't they have any kids that's playing peewee mumble pain? <laughs> what in the world are they doing that? Oh, uh, oh, they just love the Lord. Uh, they got something to shout about. Oh, their hair is gray. Yes, it is. But they're pretty as a blue tick puppy to me. Amen. I'm talking about it now. Serve the Lord. That's a $100 word, serve. Amen. That's a $100 word, serve. Serve. Shout. Notice the next one. Sing. That's what it says. Next verse. Sing. Come before his presence with what? People ought to come to church. Zippity-doo-dah. Zippity-doo. <laughs> no. They drag in like See, I gotta find my pew. It smells like me. I've been sitting in so long. <laughs> well, that's not it. No. Oh, somebody. Somebody been sitting in my pew. Dear God help us. Uh, don't we need some help? I said, don't we need some help? Hundred dollar words. Serve and shout and sing. Oh yes. 12 o'clock, I'm done. Verse 3, it says, Know ye that the Lord, he is God. I ain't, I'm not guessing about that. You're not going to mess me up by your theology. You're not going to mess me up with your sociology, biology, triology, or when any of us. I know in whom. I have believed. 
And I am fully persuaded that he is able. Can anybody say amen? If you can't shout about that, you've lost your shout. Can you say amen? So because of all those words, my last word is to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Somebody said to me, how's your eyes? All I know is they're still in the same place. I can't see anything here. But the doc says I got 20-20 vision. So I asked the doc, what does that mean? Ask your doctor sometime what that means. He'll say, for lack of time and space, could we move on to the next verse, please? Enter into his gates. In the Old Testament, it was the temple. In the New Testament, it's the church. This is not a place for funerals. This is a place for living. This should be a place of life, not a place of death. It ought to be a place of joy not a place of grief and mourning. For the Lord is good. Does anybody doubt that? His mercy is everlasting. Boy, I need that. You know, I was a mess when I got saved. But if you ask my wife, I'm probably still a mess. You ask some of my kids, they'll tell you I'm a double mess. And what I don't need is justice. What I need is mercy. Kind of like that fella down in Mississippi that got caught stealing watermelons. They arraigned him to court. And the guy was standing there shaking like a leaf. And the judge said, now, son, you can settle down. I am the best and most fair judge in all of the state of Mississippi. I moved here from Alabama. That's the reason I can say I'm a good judge. And I played football for the Crimson Tide. So, young man, you don't have to worry about it. You will get justice. That guy said, I don't need justice. I stole them watermelons. What I need is mercy. What do you need? Yeah. The Bible said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible said there's none righteous. No, not one. There's none that seeketh after God. We've all turned our own way. What we need is mercy. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by his mercy. Yes, saved us. We got a lot to be thankful for. That old song, name your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you. But know the rest of it? But the Lord 
I'm really done. But I wonder, what if God began to treat us like we often treat him? What if God met our needs to the same degree that we give him our lives? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumble when God sent the rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for others? What if he would bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? I just thought it would be good for us to realize that Thanksgiving is more than a turkey. Although tradition is great. My family does the same thing every year, eat. <laughs> and we eat the same thing. Hmm? Yep. I like tradition myself. I don't like dressing any other time of the year, but Thanksgiving just does something for dressing. I don't like cranberry sauce except one day a year. So I'm thankful for cranberry sauce 364 days a year so I can enjoy it one day. 